When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiera. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good out here in Syracuse. Uh, the weather yesterday was beautiful, 75 degrees. Spring break starts for us on Friday. I will be heading to nice Aruba. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait. So um, I certainly have a nice next few days uh, incoming. But yes, doing good. Obviously, no baseball. They couldn't come to an agreement. We all know that. Uh, we have a fun show for you today, though. I, I think LJ and I are both very excited to for all these topics uh, that we're going to bring up. Just three things on the show, but we'll be wrapping it up with uh, our top 10 most hated players. Uh, it's Some of the reasoning is bad for it, but we will get to that when we get there. Uh, LJ. by far the simplest one we've done. Yes, uh, by far the one that had the least effort uh, put in for the top 10. Um, but still, uh, you don't very need good effort. segment. Indeed. It's a heart thing. Yeah. It's the ultimate eye test. Well, LJ, let's start with these new rule changes that are going to be in the CBA that both the MLB Players Association and the owners agreed upon, I believe, LJ, if I'm not mistaken, it is to ban the shift, which so you can't have, um, you have to have two fielders on each side of second base, and they all have to be on the infield dirt. Is that correct? I believe that was what, yes. Okay. Uh, they will ban the shift. They will institute a pitch clock, and they will also uh, make the bases bigger. Starting in 2023, though, is what they said. So, LJ, um, I feel like me and you are a little bit, we have a differing opinions, at least on one of these, but... um. Just initial reaction to learning that now this that this is a part of the game. I, I adore it. I am 100%. This is the one good news we've gotten out of this lockout so far. And I'm certainly glad that this is it. I only really have one complaint. Why does it have to be 2023? Like, realistically, Brandon, what of these rule changes is going to be such a drastic change that they can't do it 
in the middle at the beginning of the season. At the beginning of the season, actually, yes. Because let's not forget now, they have precedent for changing rules in the middle of the season. They created that last year when they yep. started enforcing the spider tack. So as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason to wait an extra year. It just seems silly. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Um, what it might signal to me is that we're not playing in 2022. Which, you know, we're not going to get into that now, but that could potentially mean that. Um, the only thing that I'm, like, opposed with is the shift. I mean, there's nothing in the MLB rulebook that says you can't line up your fielders wherever you want them to. There isn't anything, to there isn't anything now. Yeah, exactly. There isn't anything that, that says, yeah. And people looked at the data... And they came to the conclusion that this player hits the ball to that side of the field, so I'm going to put fielders there. They, the league, like people got smarter, and the, the the league is just is just punishing them for that. It's like, okay, so you guys figured out how to become way more effective on defense. So now, because the games aren't fun anymore to some people, um, we're just going to make it so. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna get rid of it. Like, there's been nothing ever in the history of the game I think that has been like that, where people where the game legitimately got smarter, and then it was just ripped away because it it got too the according to them the games got too boring. It's crazy to me. Why is it crazy? Get off your high horse here, Brandon. This is not anything that really is going to affect anyone that negatively. Look, I understand what you're saying here. I understand, like, yes, no one did anything wrong. But at the end end of the day, you have to remember, on every level, every single level, sports is entertainment. And as entertainment, you also have to be able to figure out, okay, how can we make it the best as you can? And that's not trying to make it hokey, because that's also going to hurt the product by going too far. But what we're looking at now is a situation where the shifts have so sort of greatly gotten out of control that all of a sudden there's good players that are either forcing themselves into this walk strikeout home run mentality that they wouldn't want to be in because they're struggling to learn how to hit against the shift. But then you also have all of these guys that are really good and just struggle. Their numbers are greatly suffered because of this overall. It just, it brings down the offense so much that for a lot of people, you're right, it isn't fun. And so at the end of the day, they had to make they had to make a choice. Are we going to stick with this group of people that frankly is going to continue to wane, that love the shift, live for the shift, want to see all these crazy these crazy things happening? Or are we going to keep this as st- a stable game and keep it more similar to the true nature of the way the game is played. The other thing I want to challenge you on here is the actual effectiveness of making this rule change, because while it does make a, it makes a big difference. It doesn't completely eliminate the intended effect of the shift. First off, I think, I think the outfields shifts and stuff like the putting putting a fourth guy in the outfield and all that, that that gets excessive. You have to agree with me there. But but like, why is it excessive? If a guy, if you have data saying that a guy hits the ball there a majority of the time, because the owners are not paying players to hit. Like, whenever people are like, "Oh, well, why don't they just learn to hit the other way?" Like, first of all, if they could hit the other way, they would. They would. And the owners are not paying the players who hit opposite field singles they're paying the players that hit the ball over the shift and hit home runs and doubles and until the owners start paying the players who just get singles uh then the shift then they you know what i mean like that's what i don't get is they're not playing paying the guys who hit hit doubles and hit home runs they're paying the guys that put people in the stance and the less and less hits you get the more and more action you take away the worse the product's going to get and the worse, the less you're going to sell. And 
uh, being part of that group, I certainly do enjoy home runs, but there is a large group, myself included, that cannot stand or is not in favor of this all-out home run culture. There are people who like well-hit line drives. I know it sounds it sounds stupid. It sounds old-fashioned, whatever it is, but there's a, there is benefit to variety in the ways that the offense comes, and the more that these people develop these methods to stop that, the worse the game is going to get. The less different looks the game is going to get. Overall, it's just it's gotten to the point where I, I respect them for doing it. I don't have an issue with the people that did it, but the product will be much better without the shift. But my point, my point being for all intents and purposes, the majority of shifts still have four infielders or close to the infield people. You put your shortstop on a right or on a left shift left. You put your second baseman hugging the second second base bag that's going to be almost as effective as a lot of other shifts. Like there are so many ways for these teams to get around it without actually like breaking the rule that I think by, by mate, by setting that baseline, it becomes a much, it, it opens up the offense a little more without completely taking that out of the game. Yeah. I agree with you that the games will be more entertaining without it. I mean, there is and, going to be a significantly more offense, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, that is what the fans want. The fans want to see guys hitting home runs, you know, stealing bases. That's why they're making the bases larger because now guys are going to want to steal more. Um, the only thing I don't get, do we want to transition into this uh, bases larger thing? Because um, one, one thing before, I did want to just make one more point towards the people that are against kicking out the shift. I don't see with the way that the shift works – I don't see a, a scenario where where that group of people is still going to be mad about it five years from now. But the farther the shift develops, the group of fans that don't like it are only going to become more aggravated. You know? Yeah. I mean, so, but, so, so you're not really going to be losing that group, a group this way. You're not going to be angering a base long-term that way. But you were going to say about the bases? Yeah, so... Like, here's what I don't get. So I understand, like, their their reasoning because they're like, well, if we make the bases larger, you know, we're going to have more guys stealing bases. And they said that they want to have more close plays. But, like, no matter the size of the base, isn't there always going to be close plays? Like, just it just depends on how fast you, you run down the baseline. Like, it seems a little... There's no increase in close plays. Yeah, like it was. It seems so weird that they because, would like say something like. That. Yeah, because the the plays that would have been close before aren't going to be close now. But right? there was plays that weren't close that now will be close because yeah, the you're bases. Just, you're just shifting the group that's close. <laughs> um. No, honestly, I like it too because again, people act like infield singles aren't fun to see. Oh, they're so like that, fun! Like that stuff happens so quick that stuff gets a big bump you know this is the one i cared the least about Mm -hmm. but i still don't i don't really care i don't i don't have an issue with it it increases offense i'm for it but i think again moving the mound back would have been better i think maybe i would have lower the mound height like a little bit i think giving a little bit more room to react and for the ball to move that that's the best of both worlds for both sides even just like offense and defense like yeah like that that foot makes such a difference in terms of reaction time and that foot makes such a difference in terms of how much these breaking pitches are going to move that it's just going to be more fun all around so i would have rather seen them do that to increase offense than this but at the end of the day i don't really care well one quick thing about like if you were to move the mound back lj think about like how Every high school, every college, they all play at 60 feet 6 inches is where the mound is. If the MLB was to move the mound back, do you think like the NCAA and all these uh, high school uh, leagues, and do you think that they would force teams to move their mounds back too to like conform to what is, quote, 
professional baseball? Um, I don't think you have to. Because, again, let's look at um, basketball. Three-point line is different at every level. Yeah. Not, I mean, and that's something that you grow and you adjust to as you get to that level of play. So you don't have to. But at the same time, if issues come about, like I think college baseball is the only place you can take this seriously. So you have, let's say you get into a similar situation as the MLB is in, which I don't think it's gotten to that point. There's still, again, there's a lot of variety in the way that teams play. There's a lot of, like, there's still a lot of small ball teams in college and all that. So they don't have nearly the same issue that the majors have. But if they did, they could do that and it solves their problem too. The only place I don't think it would be good to move it back is the high school level lower, Mm -hmm. just because all of a sudden you're dealing with a lot more strain, especially than the, than the statistics and the medical science has dealt with in the past. So all of a sudden you've got these pitchers throwing 70, 80 pitches a couple feet farther than they used to be doing. And I don't think we want to mess with that at, 15 16 years old you know yeah no that makes total sense but realistically too like how many guys maybe one or two guys make it to the majors within like a year of their drafting like there's very few guys that get fast-tracked like that so they're gonna have plenty of time to adjust all these pitchers once they get into the minors where their stats don't matter and then they can just focus on throwing good pitches and developing they're going to have plenty of time to adjust to that before they're going to act. It's going to actually matter. Well, let's hit on one last thing before we get to our top 10 hated players lists at the pitch clock. Cause we didn't touch that at all. Sorry to, to derail things again, but I just want to say again, this is the one thing I don't absolutely don't understand why we're not bringing in for 2022. Yes. This, I, this was the pitch clock. This is what oh, okay. I was going to bring up. Um. Yeah, pitch clock is good. I mean, you have some guys who make uh, a spectacle in between pitches. Um. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Diego Castillo of the Seattle Mariners. Um, he would just really take a long time in between pitches slows the game down um you know everyone's attention span is shot because of tiktok we all know that so why not uh just make it you know speed up the game it helps everybody yeah i mean that's why really i've started to watch a lot more softball because for me especially as a person who like i can't like watch you kind of like UConn's not on like ESPN plus or anything, but I'll, I'll, I'll flip on to some college baseball, but college softball is just, just as exciting. And I can get in and out of those games in two hours. Yeah. Being able to commit less time is very enjoyable, especially when you're getting a very similar product. So even being able to cut baseball games down to three fifteen, maybe that would make such a difference in overall enjoyment for the people that are like the core fan base, the core fan base would probably rather not commit four hours to every game. Anyways. I I know I certainly wouldn't, if I could get out in three fifteen consistently rather than three 30, three 45, I would definitely choose, choose that. Oh, absolutely. No brainer. And, and it's like too, we've kind of screwed up as fans by not like overly supporting the, um, guys who do have a good pace of play. The guys like Nathan Yavaldi who get things moving really, really quickly. By not supporting them as much, we're kind of screwing over any idea of developing without a pitch clock. You know, it's like it, it's like we 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 could have been putting more pressure on some of these guys to, to just hurry the hell up all along, but we didn't. 
Uh, you're absolutely right with that. Uh, I totally agree. And I'm happy that we're going to be able to cut down on a part of the game that's just unnecessary. Um, LJ, did we want to touch on this Ray's Freddie Freeman thing? or? Um... Um, yeah, so the Rays offered Freddie Freeman a contract before the lockout, correct? Was there any financial stuff leaked on that? So not financial stuff, but it showed um, they talked about the other um, teams that are involved uh, and like where the Rays payroll stands. So the Rays did make an offer to Freddie Freeman. Um, it says the Rays not only showed interest in Freeman, but made him an offer prior to Commissioner Manfred's implementation of the lockout. Um, the other clubs with deep pockets, uh, they said, that are involved is the Yankees, Dodgers, and Blue Jays. So, it's interesting to hear the Rays, like, you know, making any sort of play for a free agent like Freddie Freeman, right? I mean, because the Rays are not signing big-name guys or they're signing big name guys like Corey Kluber to a one year deal for however many million. You know, it's not that much. So to hear them going after a guy who clearly wants a long term contract is just something that we don't see out of Tampa. And uh, you know, maybe they're this is their like four D chess play. We always think that that a Tampa is one step ahead of everybody, and they they might think that Freddie Freeman is just going to be worth it i think a lot of teams are not in on freddie freeman simply because they've seen how other first basemen have aged in the past and they don't want to be stuck with this contract um that is not that good for your payroll in a few years because there is potential i know you hate to say it but we've seen some players fall off very quickly as they get into their 30s uh, I would hate to see Freddie Freeman be that, but I think that there is teams that are certainly scared that uh, he could fall off a little bit. Yeah, I'd like to pretend he won't, but operating under that assumption, we also live in a time where contracts don't really lock you in as much as they used to. Yeah. It feels like it nowadays, especially, especially if we get a salary floor and all of that stuff, it's going to become easier. It's become easier and easier to offload salary. Like realistically, especially with a team like the Rays, who they've been, they've been competitive for several, several years and yet still are producing a top farm system. They're still pumping out these prospects and these pitchers and everything. They're always going to have the assets that they have, they'd have to use to go offload Freddie Freeman to the Pittsburgh Pirates if they needed to if things weren't working out. And it's the same thing that we're talking about in terms of, it could also turn out very similar to what we're talking about with Wander, where we're like, okay, is he going to be there his entire contract length? Because it starts to get really steep towards the back end. Even if he doesn't fall off a cliff, even if he doesn't fail, they may end up moving on from him before his contract is over, just because they don't want to end up paying the back end of it. That wouldn't shock me. It's very doable with the way that, so, so many of these franchises are operating now. Yeah. So. I mean, I would love to see what, uh, you know, first of all, I just want the lockout to end. Most importantly, I want to know, like, what is going to be in this CBA? I want to see exactly what the new financial structure is because re regardless of what it is, a lot of stuff is going to change with how teams operate. They're going to be looking for that next edge within the new financial system. And, um, you know, how do you approach this next free agency is going to be really interesting. Once we finally end the lockout, there's still a lot of guys that haven't signed. Freddie Freeman, Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, uh, you know, a lot of big names out there. Carlos Rodon, Schwarber. I mean, there's so many guys, so... And Real one, interested for the for us to actually be playing baseball here, of course. But and one more uh, thought on why the Rays are doing this: they kind of have to. Yeah. I mean, let's look at particularly two of the names on this list of teams that are like legitimately in it. We got the Braves and the Dodgers, of course, which aren't big shockers. But you also have the Yankees and the Blue Jays making plays for them. 
the mo- in the most competitive division in baseball with without question. And you have two team, two of your other teams going after a potential MVP, a potential MVP, a former MVP, a World Series champion. So you kind of have to at least make a play for him to be either either to bump up his value or at the bare minimum or possibly not at the bare minimum or possibly get him over to your side rather than one of the other two not so healthy options because I can see a scenario as well where they might be the weakest at first base in a couple of years. I mean, you've got Vladdy, you've got Vladdy in there currently. Of course, he would DH a lot more if Freddie went to uh, Toronto. The Yankees, um, I know you're not th- hugely thrilled with Luke Voigt or anything on that potential coming back, but that wouldn't be, that's not a bad option by any means. But also, Freddie Freeman there is a lock into that lineup. I think the Red Sox, again, this might be the fan part of me, but Tristan Cassius is going to be in that lineup for many years to come. I think he's an absolute stud and certainly the best prospect that's come out of that system in a very long time. So all of a sudden you've got legit talent at first base on every other competitive team in your division, except you, you're going to be lacking behind. So they really need to make, make this aggressive play if they're going to want to stay relevant with teams that are so are, are even more aggressive than they are. Absolutely. Well, should we get into the top 10 most hated players? LJ and I both compiled a list. Uh, we both did 10 players, and then I have one manager who um, I, ha- I want to talk about. We'll do the him right at the very end. Um, but we're going to run through this because we there's a lot of names that uh, I have that LJ didn't have and vice versa. So let's run through this. Uh, number 18 on the list. We're doing our combined lists once again. Christian Vasquez of the Boston Red Sox. He was number 10 on my list. Um, really surprised to no one he didn't show up on mine. Sorry? I said in a surprise to no one he didn't show up on mine. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, surprised to no one. However, uh, Christian Vasquez on my list, I don't know. He just gives off like that perfect Boston Red Sox player vibe where they just fit the culture of what the Red Sox is uh, so well. And as a Yankees fan, I just hate that. Uh, I don't have any stats to back this one up, but I feel like he's kind of a Yankee killer. Uh, I have stats for another guy I'm going to be talking about who is a Yankee killer, but... Um, yeah, Vasquez is just like, I don't know. It's always these Red Sox catchers, your Sandy Leones, your Christian Vasquez is that, uh, just, you hate to see them as Yankee fans. That's my reasoning. Yeah, that's, that's a fair reasoning. I mean, Christian Vasquez, again, he's very much that when he's out there, he's that quiet leader type where he's also, again, a tough enough guy that he's not going to back down. He's just going to get in there and do that and when you when you're a team like the yankees you want to see your rival kind of buckle but he's not one to do that all right number 16 brandon i believe this is another one for you yep uh alex bregman of the houston astros uh for him partly it's the sign stealing scandal of course and the other part for bregman uh this dude is I, I just think that the general media loves this guy now. Like, he somehow is looking the best out of anyone after. And I could be com- completely wrong, like, and it could be Carlos Correa. This guy puts up two massive years in 2018 and 2019, and the rest of the time, I mean, I'm not very impressed. Uh, he barely played in 2020, barely played in 2021, only got a little over half the season. Uh, just a guy who I think is like I don't want to say overrated, but just definitely put on a pedestal uh, with a bunch of third basemen that I just don't think should uh, he he should be uh, even even mentioned with until he puts up some more consistent stats. All right, well, 
tied with him for number 16 is Patrick Corbin of the Washington Nationals. I had him, I believe I had him ranked ninth. Brandon had him unranked. I have no specific, nothing specific other than the fact that this guy just aggravate, he's aggravatingly a bum. The dude is just a bum. I'm sorry, but like he gets, has two good years, gets Scion votes, gets his recognition, gets his World Series, all of that, and then has come out for the last, not one, but two seasons and continually gets shelled. 11.6 11.6 hits per nine in 2020, 10.1 hits per nine in 2021, led the majors in losses last year. And this is another one that's very much media-based. Why did just everyone decided not to care that Patrick Corbin fell off a cliff and is an absolute nobody, is one of the worst pitchers in baseball over the last couple of years. No one seems to care except me. And that irritates me even more. He also had the most earned runs and gave up the most home runs in 2021. 37 home runs allowed, LJ. And I'm not crazy that you didn't hear a lot of people talking about what the heck happened to Patrick Corbin. No, because the Nationals sucked. They traded away everybody good, not which does not include Patrick Corbin. <laughs> All right. Who we got next? Uh, I'm next again. Francisco yes. Lindor. Um, yeah, look, this guy is for the same reason as another guy that's a little higher up on this list. Francisco Lindor, another guy who's kind of fallen off in terms of production, yet still likes to bring up that star persona. I still think he's a top 10 shortstop, but when you have these constant like media controversies and everything, now is not the time for you to be stirring up stuff while you're in the middle of the worst stretch of your career. That's unacceptable, and it's also unacceptable to me to see what him and Javier Baez did with the fans and booing the fans, all the thumbs-down stuff and everything. That really rubbed me the wrong way last year. Absolutely. Uh, Francisco Lindor, I thought about putting him on my list. Uh, Ended up not, but uh, certainly a good choice indeed and not well-liked within – MLB Twitter by some. All right. Up next, where are we? I cannot find the list on the dock. Sorry. There it is. We've got Tyler Glass now. Uh, I put him on here, first of all, because he was complaining a lot about the MLB changing the rule about spider tack uh, getting taken away. And I get that, like, all the pitchers are mad, but you're basically telling them that like you physically cannot throw a ball unless you have some sticky stuff on your hand. Then proceeds to end up getting Tommy John surgery uh, and obviously would never wish that on any pitcher. But it's almost like he had it coming, LJ. No, like you complain so much about them, about how, how, how different it is to not have to not use spider tack. And then you don't use spider tack and you get hurt. Uh, of course, he's a great pitcher. Don't get me wrong. One of the best pitchers in the league. But that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, you know, I was I was so over him throwing a stink about something, especially when it's like, you should be a little more ashamed of this. Like, this isn't something that was ever supposed to be okay. It was just something we didn't really know about. And yet you have the audacity to, to play the victim. That, that's not right. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, next up we have Javier Baez. Brendan, he's on my list for the exact same reason that Francisco Lindor is. I had him 10. You had him 8. Yeah, again, I I think I already gave a pretty good explanation of these things, but I do feel like Javier Baez is both less valuable and more of the instigator of those things. I just expect a little more out of Francisco Lindor. 
It's very. Uh, I was very shocked at how much money the Tigers gave Javi Baez this off season. Uh, sure, look, is he a good hitter? Yeah, he had a he had a really good twenty twenty one hitting. Does he strike out a lot? Yes. Uh, his twenty twenty hitting, I would like to forget that, but it was it, it was atrocious. So, uh, he's a good hitter. He causes a little too much drama. Uh, he's not well-liked by a lot of the fans, it seems. Um, but he's got a new home with the Tigers now, so maybe he can uh, get his reputation uh, you know, back now that he's in Detroit. Yeah, we will have to just see on that one. Coming up next, Gary Sanchez. Yeah, this was a me one. Um, I ended up putting Gary Sanchez at number seven out of my top ten most hated players um again i think i think my issues with gary sanchez all of our issues with gary sanchez have been pretty well documented over the past couple years it's mostly an attitude thing to me like not only did he have his struggles and he has his glaring flaws but it's that overall aloof attitude that he gives to most situations that absolutely drives me insane and i'm not sure how yankees fans like keep up with i mean like i'm all for like the players you want that's entirely up to you if i was a yankees fan even still i couldn't stand him just because of the energy he brings to the game uh i love gary don't ever make fun of gary Um, lj um i have a player on my list later and my reason is literally his attitude also so You'll like that. Ooh, I, I think I know which one. Well, all right. Up next, we've got Austin Meadows. He was number six on my list. Uh, just because of all the pain this dude put me through through the 2021 season. Eight home runs against the Yankees in 2021. <laughs> you can't make that up. Uh, just every time the Yankees played the Rays, it seemed like we got our ass kicked and... Austin Meadows hit a home run. So, yeah. is this the Yankee killer you were talking about? This is uh, the Yankee killer. Yes. Oh, I was thinking of somebody else. He is. I mean, the eight home runs was just. <laughs> I knew that he was good against us this year. So then I looked it up and I saw eight homers, and I was like, "Wow! Like that's it's just it's too much." <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, coming in now, tied for number nine. Oh, Duble Herrera. Um, yeah, look, I we've made a pretty good policy here of we are not going to assume guilt of anyone until we've actually seen a full court proceedings and process go through. If I am correct, Oduble Herrera is one of the few players that have ever been suspended by the Major League Baseball that actually got convicted of their domestic assault. Uh, look, that, that that goes to show you again how far past this dude went from, okay, this this man is not acceptable. I'm not really surprised that people are hesitant to bring him in, especially not people not being eager to bring him on before the uh, lockout came through. He ended up finishing last year with a, a below average OPS plus as well. And this might be a hot take, but from a baseball standpoint so we get something baseball related in there his batting stance annoys the crap out of me it is too far open i'm sorry you look ridiculous buddy he also backflips like very unnecessarily like just wait can can we make that the new definition of man spreading oduble herrera's Herrera's batting stance i love it there we go that that's the baseball portion for oduble herrera all right, next up Yankee we've got killer. Next up we've got Brooks Krisky. Um previously of the New York Yankees, now um do not believe he's on a team. He was on the Baltimore Orioles Triple A team for a little bit in 2021 and then did finally make his debut for the Orioles in September. Brooks Krisky, this guy, the amount of pain he put me through this year. LJ, you know, I only got to attend two Yankee games this year. Um, the first one 
was the one that me and you attended uh, where the Yankees lost to the Red Sox in extra innings. And then I attended another one on July 22nd at Fenway Park where the Yankees lost to the Red Sox in extra innings. What if I told you, LJ, that we entered the bottom of the 10th inning with a one-run lead and we called on Brooks Kriske <laughs> to get the save? He proceeds, LJ. <laughs> it's not funny. Sorry, he proceeds sorry. to throw four wild pitches. <laughs> A run scored, and the batter had not even had a chance to swing at a pitch yet. <laughs> the, 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 the ghost runner. Four wild pitches, allows two runs, the Yankees lose the game. Just awful. LJ, he almost got, a, he got minus .34 championship win percentage added. It was just awful. I mean... He blew the game for us. We had such a good chance to win that game. Would have been so happy. Instead, just an awful loss. And I hate you, Brooks Kriske. Um, Poor guy. Okay, so I've got a, I've got a couple more things on Brooks, Brooks Kriske I just want to point out here. Um, I, I, I don't know if I ever told my story of that night. One of my oh. favorite parts of the last of last season. I, of course, we were doing the shows and everything, so I was still up. I was waiting up, and I had the game on. And I'm like, oh, man, are we going to be able to do this? What's going on? Then Brooks Kriske starts his meltdown. It's like, and it's like past midnight. It's like 1230, 1245. It was late because there, there was a rain delay during the game. Yes. It was obscenely late. I was laughing so hard that by the end of the inning, I had woken up my father I was because I was laughing so hard. He was in the other room. He then comes out, and we proceed to watch the inning two more times. It was. Now, now let me throw a few more things at you here. I'm, I was flipping through some Brooks Kriske stats while you were talking about that and got some interesting stuff. Let's first look at his clutch stats. Brandon, great, great. Would you like to guess his OPS plus? Oh, or I'm sorry, his OPS with two outs and runners in scoring position. It's got to be over a thousand, right? Fourteen six two. Oh, slash line of four seventeen, four sixty two, one thousand. What'd you say it was? 1462? Yes. Barry Bonds for a full season had 1422. Opponents went 5 for 12 with two homers. Runners in scoring position and two outs. Nice. Runner, literally, I mean, not the easiest situation you could be in, but like two outs, like it's one of the easier situations you could be in. A ground ball and you're out of the inning. Exactly. Um, opponent, there it is. Um, some other Brooks Kriske highlights, of course, talking about Yankee kill, being a Yankee killer. Career 7-3-6 ERA against the Red Sox. He also has a couple of my favorites, a 33.75 ERA against the Mets, 36 ERA against the Twins, and a 34.71 ERA in two and a third against the Blue Jays. Stand-up guy. Next player. <laughs> um, next player, yes. Oh, a joy. Trevor Story. Again, not on Brandon's list, only on mine. Dude's a bum. And he pisses me off because everyone's talking about him being one of these elite shortstops and part of this great class. The dude had a handful of 120 OPS plus seasons. He gets into a home run derby as in his worst slugging year of his career while also being at cores. There is nothing, I, I have nothing good to say about Trevor Story's game. I have no clue why anyone is seriously pursuing him as if he's a top end shortstop talent. He drives me insane. 
because I don't I don't understand why so many people like him. Wow. Interesting. I you know, the average of six war per season for per hundred sixty two games. Three or six war. Trevor Story's a bum. Alright. Up next, another LJ rant for Jason Dominguez, Yankees prospect. Not even our top prospect anymore. Um, by the way. For good reason. He is no Alright, explain what is so bad about this literal kid. Like, literally a kid. He is 18 years old. He is not a kid under the law anymore. So, don't try to pull that one with me. Um, look, the guy's just not good. You've never seen him play before. I have seen him play before. I watched him be an absolute bum in the Rising Stars game. Being the wow. player. Wow. Also, again, this is Yankee privilege right here. What other what other player on what other team is going to get into the Rising Stars game without playing a single inning of full year baseball? He hadn't been on a full uh, year. Uh, team LJ, before. actually, you know, like you told me earlier, the, at the end of the day, sports are entertainment. He was not very entertaining. That's, that's him why being the there is be entertaining. There. That's why the baseline should be there, that you got to at least play for something. Look, I also just it, – it aggravates me because especially going into last season, it was all the talk of, oh, super prospect Jason Dominguez. Oh, he's like a 17-tool prospect. He's going to be the Yankees' savior. Yay! By all of these Yankees fans. And I didn't really care how well he did last year, which he didn't do well, but I just knew – I can't stand this guy. I could not stand it. Honestly, it's like the Jason Dominguez stan group of Yankees fans are like those people who buy Samsungs just to be different. And all of a sudden you see them walking around and telling every single person who moves about how great their five cameras are on the back of their phone. I'm just sick of I'm I'm sick of him and I'm sick of the culture around him. Screw Jason Dominguez. I will rag on he this really guy. really wasn't bad right. I'm in single A. I mean, I'm looking right now. He wasn't that bad. But is he the, is he living up to the 17 or I'm sorry, 24 tool prospect that he was made out to be? 26 actually. Uh so. All right, up next we've got Marcus Stroman of now the Chicago Cubs. Um LJ screw this guy. I mean, he goes on Twitter after he signs with the Cubs, just flaming the Mets GM, uh, Billy Epler, for not re-signing him. Like, dude, they signed Max freaking Scherzer. Of course they're not going to re-sign you. Like, you're you're a pretty good pitcher, but this dude is probably the most confident baseball player we've ever seen. Is that is that fair, LJ? That That's pretty valid. Yeah, that's pretty valid. He didn't play during 2020, remember? He just opted out of the season. He was like, oh, we got to go through COVID testing and, like, masks and stuff. Eh, I'll just uh, – LJ, age 29, one of the years of my athletic prime, it's okay. We're good. That's all right. We're good. Fine. Why, why help a Mets team that needed pitching in the 2020 season and had a great offense? Why? Yeah, and again, you, you act like you couldn't do anything different, like, to get yourself re-signed. Like you have, you have to think like that team was when we say desperate for pitching, they were desperate for pitching. He would have made a huge difference for that Mets team if he'd been around. And you cannot tell me that that does not help his case. That doesn't help his likability by the team with, with the fans, with the front office, all of it. It's um, yeah. It's kind of ridiculous by him, but again, at the same time, I don't know. This is maybe this is just a me opinion. Why does he want to be with the Mets so bad? Like, why is he so right, yeah? Like, it? if they're so bad and you, and you hate this GM, then like, why? Like, why are you complaining? Exactly. Honestly, like, I don't know. And it's partially just because I'm not a New York person. I would not choose if I was a baseball player. I pro- probably would not choose to play in New York if I had the option. But I can't see a reason for him to, again, say all this bad stuff because he wants 
wanted to be there. Like that, and that's what he's doing. It just makes it logically makes no sense. Oh joy. Are we ready for Mike Stanton? Giancarlo Michael Stanton. Dude, this guy, all right, honestly, I, I can't even call him a bum. He's just I feel like every single thing about the way he goes about baseball, whether it's his success or his failure, is so hateable. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 okay, hear me out, hear me out. But, like, you understand what I mean, though, because, like, there is this, there is a large faction of people, not as much with Altuve, but with Carlos Correa, there is a huge faction of people that no matter what he does, it just ticks them off. And that's the exact same way I feel about Mike Stanton. Look, this is the same guy who didn't have the intestinal fortitude to go by his own name in the Major League Baseball. Like, what's up with that? What's up with that, Mike? Come on, guy. Be better. Be a man. You shouldn't have name note played 2010 and 2011 under the name Mike Stanton in your baseball reference page. That has to stick with you for the rest of your life. What are you doing, Mike? Him not playing makes people hate him. Him playing makes people hate him. Him hitting home well. Him playing well, which every time he's been healthy, he's played well. LJ, do you know in the two full seasons he's played with the Yankees? Um, out of four, of course. Yeah. <laughs> in the two, in the two full ones, he's averaging thirty-six home runs and a hundred RBIs. Yeah, it's fine. Where is he the rest of the time? No, because for all the people who say that that he's not good, you know. I mean, yeah, he's good. But again, it's like. Everyone thinks that, that your contract, just because you're getting paid that much means you you have to be, you have to hit 59 homers every year. You have to. And it's like, like he's still my, doing my so thing much. here is this. First off, just everything about the way he goes about the game just irritates me but hit um, home run strike out walk hit home run it's not hit the things run. he do does it's the way he does it brandon you have to understand um but at the same time like there's a danger to a player like him because speaking objectively for a moment he is rather streaky like <laughs> extremely he, he will look like the best player on planet earth for a month each year but in the case of 2019 to 2020, you're lucky to have gotten really good production out of him in the combined less than 40 games that you had him. Maybe a little 41 games that you had him. That That's kind of lucky to be able to get him focused and get him to be all there during that stretch. Well, Imagine- 2020, was there was he was huge in the playoffs. It was, it was yes. the playoffs where he really came up big but like could you imagine if he played 20 games and it was that that was his like like mentally like momentum wise that was his off section yeah that's the danger of a player who's both streaky and has health issues absolutely well we've got alex verdugo next i had him number two on my list lj of course does not have him on his list this guy, it's his attitude, LJ. It's an attitude thing. Does everything that he does just irritate you? Every, everything <laughs> that he does irritates me. When when me and you go to the Yankees-Red Sox game, this guy cannot handle hecklers, so he needs to turn around and just yell back at them constantly, every inning. He can't handle them. LJ, he reminds me of some of, like, the classic 2004 Red Sox team. I'm talking your Jason Veritex, your Mark Bellhorns, your your Johnny Damons. Just the guys that you hate everything that they do. Kevin Millar. Who else? Oh, Bronson Arroyo. I can keep going here, LJ. Everything they do, you just hate. I Verdugo is just so frustrating, man. He fits that mold of just 
the guy like look at his baseball reference picture it's just a smug smile oh my god this guy lj i i'm telling you the dude's just different thumbs down for alex verdugo thumbs up for alex verdugo and i will also say there's a difference between and i'm not trying to like i'm not triggered by this or anything because it's a valid criticism he most players and like his general antics like because he just plays the game like he's just out there to have fun rather than like it's a job he's like the anti-tony um and that rubs a lot of red sox fans the wrong way like they want him to be this laser sharp steely-eyed focused guy especially especially i think that also happened because you went from mookie who wouldn't say boo to alex verdugo in right field so there was a huge difference between those two players. Um, but also, it's just the fact that this guy's only like 25. So I'm going to have to see him for like so many more years in a Red Sox uniform. I just hate that. And he, like in that he's good. And like he's going to be really good. And, and we've known he's going to be good since he was on the Dodgers. Just, I just hate that. But the one thing I'm going to uh, defend is he's rather intentional with like the responding and stuff. I mean, if you really, if you watched what he was doing, does particularly at Yankee stadium, what he was doing during that series, it was more of more of a game for him. It was more psyching him up than him not being able to take criticism and striking back. He was also very much talking to specific people. Like he picked out the ones that were both respectful about it and challenging him. And was really going back and at forth with them. Like the guy that threw the uh, baseball at him, he hadn't talked to him all game. No, yeah. That was just some drunk, drunk jerk that uh, went after him. So it's not like he was like inciting violence. It wasn't like he was like just trying to go after everyone he could. No, it was very, it's very calculated, the stuff he does, which again, irritates a lot of people. But where are we? Oh boy, I think this is one of... This is one of two players on this list that we agreed on. Yep. Good old Josh Donaldson. Has Josh Donaldson ever done anything himself personally to give himself a good headline? Um, no. LJ, Josh Donaldson, first of all, fantastic hitter. And I, I can't put it past him that he's like one of the best like pure hitters I've seen. It's just the fact that this guy, he hates pitchers so much that he was like, you know what, Garrett Cole, you are the face of the spider tech revolution. Something that's been going on for years, I'm just going to make you the face of it. And because Garrett Cole, for whatever reason, couldn't talk to that reporter that day and just couldn't figure out. I wonder why he couldn't. It's almost like he's guilty or something. And he is guilty, but for Josh Johnson to just pinpoint it on one player and then the whole thing where he was like, oh, I have a book. You remember this, LJ? He had a book where he was going to write about every pitcher that he knows that cheats and how he's gotten the best of them. It's like, dude, come on. LJ, why is he on your list? For the exact same reason, but then all of a sudden I was looking through stuff while I was like prepping for this because I'm just like yeah this is this guy's ridiculous and like this isn't like this is a new thing it's not like Josh Donaldson just suddenly trying to grab attention in his later years he has been an instigator and a troublemaker of just like starting random crap since he came into the league and I have no patience for it none and it's like sure sure Jim Henson had had an off day when he was voicing Garrett Cole that day against with the reporter but that stuff happens. Um, but Josh Donaldson just took way too many unwarranted shots at everyone for me to do that, especially in a situation where it was so fragile for everyone in the fan base. Sorry, Brandon's reaction to that last joke um, got me. Um, like it was such a fragile period for everyone finding out about all this cheating and then he just wanted to make it all about himself jim henson <laughs> voicing garrett cole why are there so many songs about pitching 
And why can't I use spider tag? <sighs> All right. Number, we have a tie for number one. LJ, you can take your guy first. This is like probably the most obvious guy that was going to be on LJ's list. Go yeah, for I'm, it. Yeah, I'm not even going to spend much time on this. <laughs> yeah, no, Who I have knows? like two sentences for my guy, and that's it. Like, you, screw, Manny, screw Manny Machado. Dude is just, first off, he just doesn't seem like a nice guy. He ruined one of my favorite players ever's career, and I will never forgive him for that. So he can screw off. Who's that? Petey. Oh. He, how did he end his career? Um, we're not getting, going into this. So, um, yeah, I'm just... There's nothing that Manny Machado can do at this point to make me a fan. The only thing I'm a fan of is him striking out into AK to end the 2018 World Series. That was just That just felt so good. All right, uh, I've got Jose Altuve. It's just, there's also personal stuff between me and Jose Altuve. What, did he sleep with your girlfriend? No. <laughs> no. Um, like, put past all the sign-stealing stuff. This guy, LJ, my first ever Yankees playoff game. Game three of the 2019 ALCS. Dude homers in his first at-bat just takes everything out of that stadium. Just everything. If we win that game, we go up 2-1 to one with Game 4 in the Bronx. LJ, you hate to see it. It was just not good. Then we think back to this season in 2021 where the Astros come back from like down 5 or 6 in the last inning. He hits the walk-off homer. The walk-off home run against Chapman in the uh, 2019 ALCS also. I hate watching this guy play in the postseason. He's just so, he just gets so much better. And I am I pray on his downfall. As a baseball player, not as a person. We would never actually do that, but as a baseball player. Um, all right, so now we wanted to go through um, both of our hated managers. I picked a different one because his um, Brandon's is very valid, but I had another one that popped in my head as well. Chris Woodward. Of the of Texas, Texas Rangers. Rangers. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of that's going to become a thing now. Um, look, this dude, I feel like I hadn't heard the unwritten rules of baseball come up in conversation in several years and then all of a sudden this guy comes pulling it out of his back pocket when Fernando Tatis hit that home run and opened up a can of worms that has still unraveling to this day where this conversation got moved back to the forefront as we change into this whole landscape of a lot of exciting new faces a lot of exciting plays and a lot of changes to the way the game is played so yeah I just it, it was it's unwelcome unwarranted and i'm i'm still not over it i have tony larusa as my manager also just you know the unwritten rules of baseball it's funny lj because both chris chris woodward and tony played in the mlb both played in the mlb both were middle infielders and both were terrible as players in the mlb Yet they're the managers that want to uphold the spirit of the game and the integrity of the game so much when they were just <laughs> trash. Chris Chris Woodward had a few good seasons. Tony had no good seasons. He barely played in the MLB. Chris Chris Woodward was able to stick around on teams. Uh, but, yeah, Tony, you know, he's caused enough trouble um, already. Uh Dude, just retire. It's like Jim Beheim. Like, just retire. You, everyone knows that you were great at one point, but I mean, the way that it, it was nice to see the White Sox lose the way they did in the postseason. <laughs> I'll say that. Look, um, jumping for our non-baseball moment of the day, Brandon. I don't think you understand. I know it hurts the season's pain, but you don't understand how important and necessary Jim Beheim is to the ACC. Is the ACC even a power five conference 
once they lose Jim Beheim's respectability. We've got selection Sunday on Sunday. Really, I I'm excited. Sorry. I thought I thought selection Sunday was going to be on a Monday this year. I mean, this Sunday, like in six days, that's what I should have said. Um, Syracuse plays against Florida State Wednesday in the ACC tournament at noon, where they will win. Then they will play Duke Thursday at noon in the ACC tournament, where they will win. It's March. You can't slow down the Bayheims. Yeah. Also, a buddy Bayheim, all ACC first team. Let's give it up. Leading scorer in the ACC. Uh, really holding us, holding us down. My favorite player, Joe Girard the third. LJ, it's our guy. Yes, sir. He's been holding I it think, down. I'm not Had sure a if huge I have my turnover jersey. that cost us the game against Miami the other day, but I made Joe Girard stand till I die. So. For all those college basketball junkies, you got my minute there on Syracuse. All right, well, I believe that wraps it up. Yeah, um, that's it. We will see you soon. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.